You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Tripes Up by your go-to Middlesbrough FC podcast. I'm your host Andrew Musgrove. And joined as usual by Dom Shaw and Craig Johns. Lads, how are we doing, first of all? All good here, thanks. Yeah, all sound. You, Craig? Yeah, all good, thanks. Not bad. Nice to get a middles for a win in the bank. A uh, bit better. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I'm admiring how nicely Craig looks. He's very nicely dressed, but he just told us it was the Warnock press conference, so that's why he's made an effort today. Yeah, I always <laughs> notice that Craig makes an effort for the presser. Yeah, one of us has got to, isn't it? God knows what yeah, you know, no, looking no, at not all quite, of us. Not quite shirt and tie job, but uh, yeah, you do always go above and beyond. Yeah, you've got to, got to wear a collared shirt at the very least. Does Warnock, Warnock was complaining, it? He was complaining about his collar today, Warnock, wasn't he, actually? He was, yeah. yeah. Mm. He, he saw he saw the standards asset, that's what it was. And, uh, <laughs> a bit worried he couldn't live up to them. Well, we'll start with Warnock, obviously, his press conference today ahead of Sheffield Wednesday. Tomorrow, I imagine he was in better spirits than he's been recently, given the the 2-1 win over at Rotherham, you know, put it that winless run to an end. And yeah, what was his spirits like, Craig? Yeah, he, he, he seemed all right. I mean, I think, to be fair, over the last couple of weeks, he's, he's, he hasn't been too down, really, because I think he accepted quite some time ago that, um, you know, playoffs were, were off and he, he's kind of been looking towards... Um, you know, next next season now in the summer and and the big job that that it's going to be, but uh, but yeah, he, he was jovial. I think um, you know it's a big game at the weekend against Sheffield Wednesday, and of course he's a Sheffield United fan, um, ex Sheffield United manager too. And uh, so yeah, obviously the, this game against Sheffield Wednesday, where of course um, Middlesbrough and Neil Warnock could actually relegate Wednesday on, on Saturday, um, it adds a bit of significance for it. But but as a proud Yorkshireman, I think he. He also spoke with a lot of kind of respect for Sheffield Wednesday as well, and 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 you know a bit of a, a, a tint of sadness for for the kind of situation that that club finds themselves in, really. So, uh, but yeah, he's uh, he was he was uh, he was good. He was uh, gave some really interesting answers on some of the big issues, which I know we'll come and talk about, like you know Fletcher and uh, British Sombolonga kind of being being sent away now and ending their time at the club early and things like that. He, he was really engaged and. Uh, really interesting yeah i thought on, on topics like that dom how important was that win or the rotherham i mean we know by that stage the playoffs were out of reach but they had been on a horrible run of form rotherham came into that game on a bit of a bounce they've got a couple of games in hand so you know they can still achieve safety if everything falls into place and it looked like it, it's i mean it did it started really well for rotherham and then everything went a bit wayward and into middlesbrough middlesbrough yeah. Middlesbrough's favour. Yeah, I think it was the manner. I think it was the manner of Borough's win, which was which was. I mean, in, yeah, impressive. I was going to wonder. I wondered whether impressive was overdoing it a little bit, given they were playing a team that were in the relegation zone and, and went down to ten men. But even before the sending off, um, Borough were on top and they'd responded really well to, to going behind and what more had the goal disallowed. Um, but then after that, you know, uh, the fact that they won comfortably, they should have scored more than two goals. Mali came on and was very polished in his debut. Um, I always love seeing academy lads coming on um, and and getting a chance. And and I think you know seeing an academy lad come on at any at any point is is brilliant. But you know if you see seven or eight of them in a cup team at the start of the year, it doesn't quite have the same impact as what it does someone coming in in a league game and and um, and, and playing an hour like he did, 60, 65 minutes. Um, I enjoyed that. Uh, Akbom scoring, I think that was important. That was his first goal since since January the second, um, and obviously re- resolving the future of, of Asombalonga and Fletcher. Um, it, it just felt like it was a um, a bit of a clean break, really, from the last few weeks. I mean, I look at the bench, and I know there was five kids, and none of them have, have none of them had played a single minute for Borough, but I'd much rather see that than 
five players who are either out of contract in the summer, going to leave in the summer, or whose loans are, are expiring in the summer. I know there was still, I think, four or five loanees in the squad, four loanees in the squad, and Marvin Johnson, whose contract expired. But I, th- I just thought it had a bit more of a of a hint and a and a, and a look at next season and, and the future, really, rather than just counting down another game until the end of the season. Well, let's talk about the two that have been exiled. I think we'd hinted at it in early episodes that uh, I know Craig did that. Sombolonga might not feature again. I know Craig tweeted when the news broke that you were a little bit surprised at Fletcher being cast out so early on. Yeah, I, th- I think not so much that he's being cast out now. I think more surprised at how that whole situation has developed because I think with British on Belonger, it was it was quite obvious probably as early back as January, really, Warnock was speaking, you know, about British on Belonger's wage and, and the club's financial situation. And it never really looked likely that British on Belonger would, would carry on beyond this season at the club. Um, I think at the start of the season, we were kind of, you know, wondering whether where it would go. He was obviously given the captain's armband and there was many understandably thinking that perhaps Warnock might, you know, help British Sombolonga finally get going at Middlesbrough and finally realise the kind of, you know, what they wanted from him when they paid so much for him. Um, that obviously hadn't worked out and by January, I think it was clear he would go. But with Fletcher, um, you know, he's, he's one who kind of, he's more, his Middlesbrough career has been more kind of, you know, what, what could be and what the and potential and hope and things like that. But he's, he's never really quite, I don't think, you know, hit the levels that everyone believed he could hit. And, and, and again, with him at the start of the season, there were, you know, kind of hopes that Warnock would be the one to finally get that out of him, to finally help him, because there were signs last season that he was starting to mature into that striker that, that Borough always believed they were buying back when they did. Uh, now, obviously, different circumstances to British on Belonga. Actually, Fletcher got the hamstring injury in, in just the second game of the season, and he, he missed almost six months. Um, but despite that, um, before he'd even made it back from the hamstring surgery, Warnock had made clear what he wanted to keep Fletcher at the club and uh, he wanted him to be around and, and they sat down and they offered him a contract and Warnock said the day that the contract offer was was fabulous that's it he used the word fabulous to describe the the offer that the, the made Fletcher and I mean bearing in mind the the financial climate you know if it with with not long saying the accounts and obviously then COVID comes into it for the next 12 months after the accounts we've just saw like the the climate financially for for all clubs at the minute is really really tough and and for Burrett to go out on a whim I think in January when he hasn't kicked the ball for six months and hasn't in previous years really shown that he can he can lead a champion a, a top championship sides uh front line for Burrett to go out and give him an offer and kind of say we want you at this club I think that's really really reasonable and really good of the club to do that and and for Fletcher and his agent to kind of turn around and see oh we're gonna we want to wait until the end of the season I don't think that's the kind of commitment that Borough or Warnock want and and you know we've compared that to the likes of of Johnny Housen in particular who was on a on a good wage at the club and you know he went in and they wanted him for another 12 months but they said to, they said to Housen look we can't afford to pay you what we're paying you. That's that's just a realistic um, view of the situation. And and and, and Housen's kind of uh, view on it was okay. Well, make me an offer. Uh, the the club put down an offer in front of him, and Johnny Housen signed within minutes. He, that was the commitment that Borough and Warnock want going forward. The one players like that, like Dykesdale, like Baller. Um, who who put pen to paper and and really bought in to, to Middlesbrough and Warnock and uh, and Fletcher wasn't prepared to do that and I think uh, you know as time went on the, the, I don't think that meeting where they sat down with Fletcher and and tried to get him to sign a contract in January I don't think it ended too uh, too well I don't think the two parties were were too pally uh, shall we say at the end of those conversations but uh, but there was still some hope that as the season went on. You know things might might mellow if you like, and 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 Fletcher would come back from injury and and perhaps decide to commit to to Burr in the end. But uh, he did come back. He got two goals in two starts. Got injured again, and and having come back, uh, he's he's played very little after coming back after the second time. And I think as the weeks have gone on, Warnock seems to suggest that um, that both Fletcher and British on Belonga have kind of, you know 
decided now that with with three or four weeks left of the season and them both out of contract, they don't want to kind of risk getting an injury that would impact their chances of of finding another club next season. And and, and so he's just he's decided to just uh, you know tell them that time's up and 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 focus on other things and focus on players who do want to be at the club. Two things that stand out there is. You mentioned the commitment. Do you think the fact that this is likely to be Warnock's last season, I, I, you know, the next campaign, that's kind of accelerated even more because he's going to want to go out, you know, on top. He's going to want to go out with it with a bang, so to speak, and that's going to take fully committed players even more so than you would usually expect. And uh, and and the other point um, is, why do you think Fletcher turned down the contract or delayed signing or whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it? Is it? greed is it you know he's got ambitions he think he can he can be at a bigger better club because i think if you look at middlesbrough they'll probably be one of the favorites to go up next season uh, from what I, I mean um first things first i think i think regardless of the um of whether it was warnock's last season or not next uh, next season um we know what warnock's like we know what he demands from his teams and 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 he wants players who um who you know are going to be at the club and are going to buy in uh, buy into that? Um, you know, if if Ashley Fletcher had stayed, then there'd have, you know there'd have absolutely been no problems. If Ashley Fletcher's contract wasn't up, for example, he'd have been he'd have firmly been part of Warnock's plans. We've seen that. Um, uh, and in terms of, of Fletcher's motivation, I mean, clearly he he at the time uh, he wanted to to assess his options. Um, don't, I don't necessarily think it's greed. You know, I, I don't know, but every time I've um, spoken to Fletcher, he's, he's come across as a as a really decent bloke. Now, whether he he's got a better offer from elsewhere, I don't know. Um, we'll, we we might well see that in the in the coming weeks. I know Sheffield United have been very heavily linked. Um, Neil Warnock seems to think that both British Longer and Ashley Fletcher have already got got clubs lined up. Um, so he he might well decide, you know, he might well have, have a significantly better option else uh, elsewhere, and and decide that 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 was for him. Um, and if that's the case, you know, best luck to him wherever he rocks up. I think on a, I think on a football on a football level, I was I was disappointed to see Fletcher go, and and I suppose he, he's disappointed more than he's impressed at Borough. There's no doubt about that. When you look back at his four years, the first two years were pretty much a write off. Last season, he scored 13 goals in a, in a poor team. Um, <clears throat> so uh, that that was undoubtedly promising, looking ahead to, to this season. And this season, I think there's everything to suggest he would have been the main man if he'd, if he'd stayed fit. Um, but, but when he signed, he was 21. And whereas British Sombolonga came in as the £15 million record signing, and he was the man alongside Martin Braithwaite, who were kind of tasked with firing Borough back into the Premier League, Fletcher at the time felt like a work in progress. It felt like it was um, it was something down the line that we might see the best out of him. And, and he wasn't the finished product. <clears throat> He's 25 now. And he kind of still feels the same way. We're still we're still talking about what Fletcher could be um, and, and what whether he can kick on and become the player that that we think he might be rather than what he is. Um, and we know that Neil Warnock's going to bring in strikers this summer. Definitely one perhaps more than that. And and the chances are, if Neil Warnock gets the man that he wants up front, he's going to be the main man. So at this stage of his career, um, although, although you know, I, I like Fletcher as a player, I, I wonder whether a parting of the ways suits everyone, really, and and whether he might go elsewhere and kick on. And he might not. It, that might absolutely not. And this time next year, he might look back and he might think, you know, I made the wrong decision there. Or he might... He might kick on and, and score 20 goals next season, I'm not sure. Um, but, but I think with Fletcher, there are questions to be answered on, on the football on the, fo- on the football pitch as to whether he can become the player that, um, that some believe he is. And some believe, it, you know, he's very divisive. When you look at the response, some people are saying that there's definitely a player there and we should have tried, well, they did try to keep him, they wanted to keep him, but it did everything. Uh, it did, they certainly played their part. Um, whereas there's others who are saying, you know, write it off, he's had four years now, he's not been good. As for Sambalonga, just before I wrap up, yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's been clear for ages. Um, it's funny, really, and when you look back, uh, Jonathan Woodgate kind of told us at every opportunity that Brits my nine, he's going to be the main man this season. Warnock gave him the captaincy, and yet he had his best season under Tony Pulis. And, and it honestly became a, it was a running joke under Pulis. 
as to how long it was going to take him in a press conference before he mentioned the chances that Brit missed. Because all he did was talk about the chances that Brit missed rather than the goals he scored. Um, and yet he had his best season that season. And that that didn't, uh, the, the style of play there didn't suit some longer at all. And I, and I look back and, you know, I have thought, have Borough played to the strengths of a Sombolonga? But then <clears throat> the more the last couple of seasons have gone on, I, I'm not really sure what those strengths are. Um, and that I don't mean that to sound overly critical because there clearly are strengths there. Bloody hell, he was prolific at Nottingham Forest. His record was unrivaled before he signed for Borough. Um, but but he, he hasn't looked, really at any stage of Borough, he hasn't looked like a striker who, for example, like Ivan Tony, is going to score 25, 30 goals and fight you to promotion. I was just uh, going to come in there on that as well, Dom. It was an interesting point. Now, I remember covering Sunderland a few years back when um, Jermaine Defoe came in on um, from Toronto, where he'd been. And, and there were kind of doubts about Jermaine Defoe, I remember, where he, when he came back from the MLS. And, and even more so when Sam Allardyce was appointed Sunderland manager, a lot of people kind of questioned, can De, Jermaine Defoe play as a lone striker? Is he big enough to do that in the Premier League? And can he hold up against Sam Allardyce's style of football? which has often been criticised for being similar. Now, with Jermaine Defoe, he absolutely did do that and he, he reinvented his career under Sam Allardyce and got it going again. Um, and he had a brilliant couple of years at Sunderland. Uh, and I think that's the difference for me. I think we talk a lot about kind of British Sombolonga and, and people mention the style of play and it's never suited him at Borough, etc. But I think for me, a good striker is one who can play in any, you know, it doesn't matter what the style of plays, it doesn't matter what the system, they find a way to score goals and, and Britta Sombolonga hasn't done that. So rather than being a good striker, I think he's a, a striker who has strengths but needs a club to play to those strengths. And I'm not sure... And, and I, I suppose... Yeah, sorry, Moz, you will get a word in here at some point, but I suppose that kind of links to Akpom in that, um, like, you know, I, I think... Borough's, Borough haven't played to Akpom's strength this season. But then I, I completely get when Warnock says that he has, and he talked about this in his press conference on Friday morning, that he has been disappointed by him. And, and even though there's been games when I've thought, like, you know, Akpom up there on his own hasn't got a chance. He's, he's up against four strong defenders and long balls are going up. But then I've often come away from a game just thinking, you just need to see a bit more from him. You just want to see a bit more from him. You want to see him roughing the defenders up, showing, um, just kind of letting the defenders know they've been in a game. And and thought, again, it was it's against the poor side who were um, <clears throat> in big trouble and down to 10 men and exhausted because they've played all those games. Um, but I thought Akpom was, was a lot more involved and a lot more threatening and, and a lot busier on, on Wednesday night. And, and you know, now Sambalonga and Fletcher have gone. We might He might get a chance now for three games in a row to say, right, show us what you can do. Show us what role you can play next year. I'm just going to bring up Craig's point there about the striker has to find a way. I'm going to disagree with you there because I think, you know, if you play, for instance, Sergio Aguero and you're playing a long ball game, it's not going to suit him and he's going to be so, he's going to be less effective if you, if, if you know, you're not playing to his strengths. And and then you look at the level of some longer then he's, you know, you're talking about a massive contrast there. So if, I do feel, I think that was maybe a little bit unfair from my point of view on on Sambalonga because I think you need to play to to the striker's strength no matter how good that striker is. I can, I can understand what you're saying and I know what you mean, but what I I'm, and I think it goes back to what Dom's saying. There's there's no excuse for not um, you know not putting yourself about, not making an effort. And, and not kind of, you know, trying to find a way. And I think the issue is, you know, we talk about, um, you know, British Sambalonga and what he can do and what his strengths are. But but actually, you know, even in this Neil Warnock side, he, he's had chances. He's he's missed plenty of good opportunities. And, you know, Tony Pulis obviously felt that he did that a lot as well. And I think, you know, the difference between uh, a really, really good striker like a Jermaine Defoe and a British Sambalonga is Jermaine Defoe, even in games where he didn't get a lot of opportunities and maybe the star didn't suit him, Jermaine Defoe found a way. And, and British Sambalonga doesn't do that often enough. And I think that's the difference. And also, though, we, I just threw in there, I mean, Jermaine Defoe is like twice, three times, four times the striker. Put it well, like I get yeah, the point you're making. I get the yeah, point still, you're making. He's still playing, isn't he? He's uh, in yeah, Rangers, isn't he? Leaving Rangers at the end of the season, isn't he? Get him here in the summer. 
Yeah, so, I tell you what, it could do worse. Are these yeah. two training by themselves away from the training ground? What's the crack there? Or are they still involved in first team training or they've just been told to hit the road? That's it. I gather I gather they've gone. Um they're not they're not certainly not training with the first team. Um I mean obviously the contracts aren't up yet. They're, they're still they're still employed by Borough, but um you know, when Warnock was talking about it in his press conference on Friday, it, it, there was certainly no animosity there, was there? I mean, I'm sure there's been disagreements over the recent months. Um, but, you know, he, he, he said, because, I mean, it was only on Saturday that he brought Britta Sambalonga on, but he, he said that he regrets that decision now and he told Brit afterwards that he'd have done better himself if he'd have, if he'd have gone on. So I think that was, because you asked him, Craig, didn't you, was there a moment when you thought, you know, I need to, I need to wrap this up now? And, and he said that that was the moment, really. Saturday. He did some love Gestead last year, didn't he? I remember um yeah, that was massive that when he when he just kind of dropped in that he told Rudy Gestead to pack his bags. Safe to say that was celebrated on the side. He's absolutely brutal, isn't he? I do I do like this because I imagine if he's sitting down in that in the in the boardroom and he's he's gone to Fletcher and said, Look, here's the contract. You would expect if I was Warnock, I'm expecting that striker to sign, you know, you and he doesn't. And I, do you think that is the moment in which Warnock's then gone, okay, you, you're not the striker for me? Do you think that this decision on Fletcher was made in that moment, or it's, or that played, or how much did that play a part of it? That you know, the initial, I'm not signing this contract straight away. It's it's played a part in it in terms of you know coming down the line, but actually that they sat down back in January and, and Fletcher hadn't returned from his hamstring injury then. Uh, he did come back a month later, and as I say, he started two and scored two, and he was looking quite good at that point. I think there were still hopes that you know, despite the fact he wanted to wait and weigh up the situation, I think there were still hopes that he would eventually stay. You know, he'd play a bit under Warnock. Warnock's always confident that players will enjoy playing under him. And, and he would eventually steer. I think it's just the more it's gone on and the more it's looked apparent that Fletcher's heart isn't in it, um, that he, he he's made that decision and cut it. And, you know, I think Warnock, Warnock has that attitude and he spoke about that today of, of kind of, you know, he, he's a kind of, he's a man of principle. He's a man of, you know, you shake his hand, you make a promise to him. And if you go against that, then... Hey, oh, he doesn't want you at the club anyway. Oh, he doesn't want to sign you for the club because if you let him down in that way, you'll let him down on the pitch. And I think that's a, that's what I'm thinking now is uh, he feels a bit let down by Fletcher. So, you know, let him go and see what he does elsewhere. Yeah, I did enjoy the comments earlier this week about his plans for the summer. You mentioned Joe Willick, which, uh, you know, piqued the interest of some Newcastle fans and the £20 million price tag Warnock put on him. Uh, he, he did say that he was he'd been talking to a Premier League player who he hopes to get in on loan. Is there any suggestion, any hint on who that might be? No, it's like jigsaw identification, isn't it? Over the coming weeks, <laughs> where you kind of try and picture together all the things that he says, and then and then work out kind of which player um, he might be. We could do that on the pod actually over the coming weeks. Just pull together the various strands. Um, I don't know about you, Craig, and this is purely guesswork from what he said. It, it seemed to me that it was more kind of a more established, a senior player rather than a kid, you know, who's just breaking through. Um, because we know Warnock talks about, uh, he, he likes players who, who are going to come in and be ready to make an impact uh, and, and be, be obviously physically um, physically ready for the, for the championship. Um, but there was, no, there was no suggestions as to who it might be. Um, obviously, Ronnie Jepson's been abroad as well. Um, Watching players, we again, well, he said games, didn't he? There rather than games singular, so perhaps they've got their eye on a, on a couple of players abroad. But he said a few times, hasn't he, that if he can get um British players or players with experience in the British game, he'd, he'd prefer that than, than kind of bringing in unknown quantities. Because there was the South American player, um, I think it was South American who they were looking at in January, who Warnock really liked the look of, um, but. He was he was just conscious then, and he, and he said it's probably one to ask him in the coming weeks as to whether that's still on the radar because he said we might well we might well um, come back to that in the summer, but in January and especially in January because Jan that's where it's so difficult, isn't it? In January, bringing in players who are who are ready to make an impact because if you're not spending big money, then why are your players available in January? The chances are it's because. Um, they're out of favour at their club, so then they come and they're out of shape, and they're and they, and it takes them two or three weeks to adjust. Um, 
And, and or, or obviously, if they're coming in from abroad like this target was, then it takes them, what, two months to, to, to get up to speed to championship football, when in actual fact, it's probably next season when they're, when they're ready to go. Um, but no, that's a very long-winded way of saying I don't know who the Premier League player was who he was, uh, he was referring to. I'll throw a couple of suggestions in. I'll, uh, I'll give you a bit of your jigsaw identification. And, and this is purely speculative, so, so don't quote me on it. But um, last summer, we know they were in and they had almost an agreement for a defender at a Premier League club to come in. Uh, now, I never managed to pin down exactly which one it was, but Warnock did then you know, give away a bit later on that it was a defender who went on to play, uh, I think he said Champions League football, but it might have just been Europe, I can't remember, but he went on to play European football for the club that he, he is at and he, he kind of joked that, uh, you know, he'd be glad he didn't come and sign for me in the end. I didn't manage to pin down exactly who it was, but I think it was either Nathaniel Phillips or Reese Williams, both defenders at Liverpool, who of course suffered a big injury crisis during this season and, and those two young defenders had their kind of play a fair bit for uh, for Liverpool this season. I wonder if he's gone back there and, and got that one early because next season Liverpool will have Van Dijk coming back and, you know, they'll probably look to strengthen, I would imagine, defensively as well. So I wonder if one of those two are in his thoughts again. I think I think particularly Reese Williams potentially, um, I believe, can play centre-back and full-back. So he could be a good option for Borough having that versatility. So purely speculative. But uh, I'll throw that one in there. And Nathaniel Phillips, just a, random, just a random one, if you don't know, Nathaniel Phillips is the son of former Borough man Jimmy Phillips. There you oh, go. Well, a link I, mean, I, I don't want to be harsh on him um, because he's a professional footballer and I'm definitely not. But when I watch him play for Liverpool, I'm kind of... It inspires you because he doesn't look like he should be playing for Liverpool. That's no disrespect to him, but do you know what I mean? He doesn't look... Like he fits on that side, and you know he's coming. He's done a decent job, and obviously would be a decent enough signing for Middlesbrough in the summer. But I, yeah, I look at him. I think you know there's hope for us all. Um, it's mad football. It's mad football, though, isn't it? Because like you know, if if those lads had gone out on loan to a I don't know a Championship, even top end League One club. I mean, wasn't wasn't Reese Williams that from Kidderminster? He was at Kidderminster last season. Um, it's mad how you know you can go from that to playing against Real Madrid and the Bernabeu in the Champions League. I know Williams didn't play in that game, but uh, that's the beauty of it, wasn't it? Malley, you know, Conor Malley's last game was five months ago against Aston Villa in the uh, Papa John's Trophy or whatever it's it's called now. Um, <clears throat> comes back in January, doesn't get another loan move. Probably wonders when his next opportunity is going to come, and then you know, I know, I know the New York Stadium in Rotherham doesn't have the same appeal as the Bernabeu to where I started this story but still you know to make his debut his, his borough debut in a league game and play an hour it's it's still kind of great how, how football coughs up these unexpected stories oh 100% I mean just just to quickly go back before we move on though was just be what, what you said there about giving hope to everyone I mean bear in mind I've seen you play football and, and I'm sorry to break it here this way but um, I, I, I just want to crush that hope now before we move on I didn't necessarily mean for me, you know, I just talking just in general, you know, I didn't, but thanks, Craig. What position, what position are you? 11 aside, you know, not seven aside or five. I like, you I, I like to be a winger, a winger in the middle, I like to be on, on the on the ball. And I often try and get Craig to run, but he, he struggles. There's a few times I find aside, he's pinged a few lovely balls through for me. No chance I'm moving to get on the end of them. Craig's just out of breath tying up his laces. <laughs> I get a sweat on playing in goal, mate. <laughs> well, sounds um, like sounds like you quite like the idea of being given a floating room in number ten role there. You know, a winger who likes to drift inside. Oh, I'm just alone to my own, and I'm not listening. And if I see a, an effort on goal, I'm just shooting. There's no chance I'm passing. Shoot on yeah. sight. That's, he wouldn't be born uh... a cup of tea. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be better than uh, Mr. Sambalonga, though. <laughs> Keeping on the summer, there's a. A few other decisions that need to be made, a few loan players, the likes of Balassi, Marvin Johnson. So what do we think is going to happen there? So, yeah, um, 
Warnock's been discussing um, both of those today. Uh, he's quite interesting on Balassi. Um, those quotes are just coming out as we speak in uh, midday on Friday. Um, he, he hopes Balassi stays next season. I mean, it, it's been clear for weeks what that situation's going to be. He's, he's on loan here from Everton, but he's Everton deals up in the summer. So he's going to be free to go wherever he wants to go this this summer. Um, and, and Warnock's kind of basically said he'd, he'd love to have him here next season. And he used the example of Duncan Watmore, um, who, who of course, got a short-term deal at Borough. Um, you know, had a great start at Borough, and then his contract was up in the January, and he, he, he had lucrative offers to go elsewhere. But having enjoyed his time at Borough so much, Watmore, you know, turned down more lucrative offers to stay. And he's kind of said he hopes Balassi follows that example and, and does the same in the summer. But... Um, he doesn't think Balassi's going to get a Premier League move. So he says if he follows a more lucrative move, it'll be it'll be abroad. And so he's kind of hoping that he decides he wants to stay in England. And he, he believes if he does stay in England, then, then Borough have got as good a chance as anybody. And for me personally, I hope he stays because I've, I've loved watching him. Uh, I think he's great to watch. And I think it would be such a shame if, uh, if Borough fans didn't get to watch him in person as well because he's such an entertaining player. And I think as he's got fitter as the weeks have gone on, he's got better as well. So I think, uh, you know, a wonderful player to watch. And then there's there's Marvin Johnson and there's Nathaniel Mendes-Lang, who are also both out of contract. Uh, Jordan Archer as well in goal. It'll be interesting to see what he does there. But but with Mendes-Lang and Johnson, he's kind of said the deal that um, they'll have conversation. Three games left, get those out of the way, and he'll make decisions and have conversations at the end of the season. I mean, Balassi also, I've seen him interacting on Twitter as well with yourself, I think, or with at least the, the brand account and, and fans as well. So he seems to enjoy that aspect of it. And it would be nice to see him get a chance in front of fans. Do you know what I mean? Up in Newcastle, we've mentioned Joe Willick. He's done quite well. And you just hope, from Newcastle point of view as well, that that kind of draw of playing in front of passionate fans that you've got down the river side or you've got up St. James's, that'll be, that can be enough of a draw for the likes of Balassi or Willick to, to stay on next season and to experience, you know, scoring or at least just running out in front of a, a full house. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times on the pod in recent weeks and, and how um, Balassi's really bought into everything and, and engaged. And um, I mean, I know it's only a little thing, but when he signed, he, he followed uh, on Twitter, he followed all the fan groups, um, Borough, you know, our our Gazette Borough account. Um, and, and I just think, I know that's only a small thing, but at least he's showing an interest in in, in the club because, um, you know, a lot of lone players kind of come and go with any league, without leaving any fingerprint only on the club. It's, it's the, I guess it's the nature of the beast. Um, but I think fair play to Balassi. But regardless of what happens in the summer, he's he's come in, um, and and he's 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 really bought into it, and he's and he's played a big part, and um, he, he you know he hadn't played football in what seven eight months before he came in, yet he was thrust straight in, wasn't he, in that lone striker role at Norwich, which was an unforgiving afternoon, but um, he's he he hasn't set the championship alight in the second half of the season, but he's shown flashes of absolute class and. Uh, it was too good for Rotherham on Wednesday night. Rotherham just couldn't cope with him or Cabano. Um, and, you know, Warnock said, didn't he, on, on Friday morning, it, it'll ultimately come down to whether he goes for money or whether he goes for kind of love and enjoyment of the game. And he said he's he's made enough money. Uh, he doesn't think he, play, he can get a Premier League move. He doesn't think he'll, he'll get a Premier League club in the summer. So it's basically um, uh, saying... Stay, you know, if, if, if you decide that you want to, if, you, if you're going to decide your future on footballing reasons, then you're in a good place. But Lassie loves Warnock, um, loves playing for Warnock. So I, I certainly think, you know, I don't know the finances and what the chances are of making it work on that on that level. But um, I certainly think there's a chance. I just love how brutal Warnock is. Do you know what I mean? He's not shy in coming forward, is he? You know, <laughs> I love that. Just, yeah, if he wants to go for money, he'll go elsewhere. If he wants football, this is where he's staying. I love well, that. Well, he said there was, a, there was just a throwaway line in his press conference on Friday morning when he was talking about Tuber Akpom. And he said, um, he said, you know, I, I have been disappointed with Tuber at times this season. And, and I think he's been disappointed in me and a, and a few of the things I've said in the press. <laughs> <laughs> he must be get, he must get pulled up on some of the things he said. I mean, not that he'll change. It's, it's absolute honesty, isn't it? 
Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of them, particularly Balassi, who knows him from elsewhere, kind of know what he's like as well, don't they? You know, he made that joke, as you said, in today's press conference, and he's, he's got enough money, hasn't he, now? So um, he kind of throws these things in. I think the likes of Balassi know what he's like and, and know that he does things. I'm, I'm with Dom as well. I'm, I'm quite hopeful he might stay. I, I go back to, I think it was around about December, he did a podcast um, before he joined Borough. And um, of course, Borough had tried to sign him late on in the uh, in the summer transfer window in the October, and it fell through on deadline day. They didn't get it done quickly enough, and so December he did this podcast about what might happen in the January window and and what his future was. And and I think back to that, and he was kind of talking then about needing a project. That was his his goal. Uh, was was finding a project because he's been at Everton now a few seasons where he's kind of been ostracised from the first team and he's he's been shipped here there and everywhere on loan and he's never really found somewhere for a few years now that's that's been home it's always been temporary places uh, for loan spells and, and what have you so I think you know he, he did end up having to come to Borough on loan now but probably in mind that his contract is up at the end of the season and he can now look forward to a, to a kind of project and making somewhere home. And I, just, I know he said uh, on one of his social media platforms that one of the things he's enjoyed about Middlesbrough so much is the, the love and adulation that he's felt from supporters. So I'm quite confident that maybe he'll look at that and think with fans coming back next season, yeah, this this could be a new home for him. Um, so yeah, again, quote me on that when he signs elsewhere. But uh, but yeah, fingers crossed. I'd, I'd love to see him tearing up the Riverside next season. Would he be a player Warnock would build his side around? Because he is, he's, you know, he's energetic, he's tricky. You know, he can he can do things other players can't. Is he a kind of player where you think Warnock would build a side around and hopefully achieve a promotion with? I think it's certainly um, not not build the forward line around him, but but have him at the absolute forefront of his thoughts. Because when you look at when you look at the Cardiff team that he went up with, um, kind of Kenneth Zahoria leading the line, and then you had Mendes Lang who was flying at that point, Glenn Williams who covers Cardiff for Wales online. His argument that Mendes Lang was the best the best winger in the championship at that point. Um, and Mendes Lang's another one. Obviously, we're not sure what's going to happen with him in the summer if 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 he's going to stay. And Junior Hoylet on the other side. And he, he talked, doesn't he, Craig, a few times about four three three back in the summer and, and kind of you know if he had a prefer if he had a preferred shape. But I don't think he's had the players to make it work this season. I, I think next season if if he if he if he gets the players he wants. You could see a kind of powerful striker who can hold the ball up, who can bring others into play, and two kind of rapid wide men forwards playing off him. So, for example, a Balassi, and on the other side, you know, you've Watmore who can play in that role, who buzzes about, who's busy, who's going to track back and cover the full back as well. Um, you know, this this he's adapted this year, hasn't he? We've seen wing backs, we've seen four three three, we've seen like four two three one. Um, but, but but I think, you know, in an ideal world, if I could, I could imagine that, I could envisage that, if he got the players he wanted and then, you know, you've got a solid mid... The defence is going to take care of itself, isn't it? And and um, the midfield might just need a little bit of tinkering with, really. Um, but it's that forward line that's going to be... You only have to look at the players who are going and who might go. It's that forward line that's going to be completely reshaped. So I was waiting for a creator coming there with a... With a point, anything, anything to add? No, I think Dom summed it up there. Yeah, I couldn't add anything more. I think Dom's there. Uh, Dom summed it up perfectly there. We've done alright with the whole mic thing here. We've been putting hands up and everything. Yeah, and, uh, with the, one was always going to sneak in. Well, it's, like watching, it's like it's like watching the great Sid Waddell. I remember watching a Sid Waddell documentary, and uh, um, it was the commentary of the dart. You, you're shrugging your shoulders. Don't yeah, tell me you're showing your age yet, Dom. Don't tell me you don't know who Sid Waddell is. He's a Geordie man. The season, Jordy, as well. What are you doing? God. There, there's one for you after this. Get get Sid Anyway, he's a darts commentator, the greatest darts commentator. You could well make a case for him being the greatest commentator that's ever lived. Anyway, he um I, I remember watching a documentary once. This isn't exciting after all this build up. And <laughs> and you honestly, man, he was he was like a conductor in a uh, in an orchestra or one of those blokes who stands on the uh, on the runway when an aeroplane's coming down pointing and conjoling and telling people who's going to walk and who's going to talk next um so yeah we're doing our 
Sid Riddell impressions but it kind of went over your head Stephen, so you don't know who he is that's shocking that that's like my Blues Brothers reference isn't it a couple of weeks back so yeah it's one all <laughs> that, that is bad that man was uh, he has got to be down as one of the not just darts commentators but commentators of our time particular commentators in different sports who just you know and they enhance that sport when they commentate on it they make it more entertaining to watch and, and he was certainly that for darts most I used to have I used to have a set of darts flights and they had all of his different quotes on um, and, and some of them are absolutely class in fact I might have a quick look at the one now you you keep talking. I'm just gonna have a quick. <laughs> um, I love how this podcast just takes different routes away from Middlesbrough FC. Craig was Warnock asked about the Super League because I imagine if he was, and I, I should have asked you this before we started recording, his reaction would have been quite lively. Um, not as much as you would expect, actually. He was asked. Um... Was it Tuesday? It would have been, wouldn't it, before the uh, the Rotherham game? Because it was obviously all around at that point. But he hadn't had chance to to look up at it much, so he he couldn't really see much on it then. And then he he was asked about it again a day, and uh, you could tell he just wasn't really that interested in talking about. It, to be honest, I think it's because it's kind of collapsed now and everything. And uh, you know, one, one reporter did try to put a few questions to him, and I think you know after after the second question, he kind of said, "Right, can we talk about Sheffield?" Wednesday again now, and and, and the the pool reporter was like, "Oh, can I ask you one more?" And then one, it was like, "Oh, go on then." But you could tell he didn't really want to. I mean, you know, he, he said what you'd expect Warnock to see on the on the situation about you know football and competition and the pyramid and how important it is, and you know the the fact that you know you've got to have relegation, you've got to have hope to. Uh, to kind of challenge for for glory and things like that. He, he said what you'd expect him to say, but I don't think he, he was really too keen to talk that much about it, to be honest. Well, was that we planned it? Sorry, I think his, his, his answer today was, was was better. Yeah, I need to put the hands up. I should have done the Liddell there. Sorry. I, uh, his answer today was probably more animated than what it was on Monday or Tuesday, whenever it was, when um, he, he said he hadn't had time to, to read the ins and outs and the details. But... What I enjoyed today was what he said was, you know, football is all about dreaming. And, you know, Warnock's brilliant, isn't he? Coming in at the start of the summer um, and not only not only believing that any side that he's taking charge of are going to win promotion, but making everyone else believe. You know, I really, after the season Borough had last season, um, you, you wouldn't have given them much hope this season. But listening to Warnock in pre-season in the summer and the start of the season, I was convinced they had, they had an absolute chance. So you can imagine if you spend every single day in that dressing room with Warnock, A, it'll make you feel a million dollars and B, it, it'll make you absolutely believe that, that you can achieve what he says. But he was saying, wasn't he, whether you play in the championship, whether you play in, in the conference or whether you play in non-league, it's all about kind of coming in at the start of the season and, and having those dreams and and. And, you know, looking at something you can achieve. Um, not a close shop where you can't afford a relegation. That's not sport. It's not sport, man. You say that. I mean, I agree with you on the whole Super League. It's not sport. I'm so happy it's collapsed. But the whole listening to Warnock and believing you can achieve anything didn't work for Ashley Fletcher. Why would have signed that contract? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah, so yeah, um, he's. But then you know, there's, there's more. There's more play. You can see, can you? There's players who follow Warnock around, um, and and you know, it wouldn't surprise me one minute, one bit, if if uh, he signed a player this summer who um, who he's previously managed elsewhere. Maybe we can do a bit of jigsaw identification on that in the coming in the coming weeks as well, because players. Who who love playing for him? Absolutely love playing for him, and, and will will follow him everywhere. Um, I remember doing a piece with um, I think it was when Warnock was approaching his fifteen hundredth game, um, and I spoke to players and managers and coaches and, and journalists who covered him during that time. And I spoke to Sol Bamba, who was obviously with him at Cardiff, and um, Bamba was great. He was saying how um, I think he was playing a game for. Who did Bamba play for before he played for... Anyway, he was playing against Warnock's team and he went in for a tackle on the dugout and he'd never met Neil Warnock before. And Warnock pulled him and said, you'd enjoy playing for me. This is during a game. You'd enjoy playing for me. Um, you know, you, you should come and play for me. Anyway, weeks, months, whatever, down the line, um, he does end up playing for Warnock because when Warnock got 
Bambo was out of contract and Warnock didn't have a job, but Warnock got in touch with him and basically said, uh, yeah, I think he was at Leicester. Um, he was, he was at Leicester, yeah, Bamba. Uh, Bamba didn't have a job. Bamba didn't have a club. Warnock didn't have a job. And Warnock got in touch with him and said, don't sign for anyone. I'll get a job within the next couple of months. And the first thing I'll do will be to sign you. And sure enough, he got the Cardiff job and, and took Bamba to Cardiff. And Bamba played an absolute starring role in, in going up. And he, he, Bamba could not talk fondly enough of Warnock, saying how they were still in touch regularly. Um, and, and you can imagine that there's several players like that from 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 lots of clubs. Warnock always says, doesn't he, when he has his reunions, um, and and he's had that many clubs. He must be busy most weekends when we're when we're in a non-COVID world, and, and he has his promotion reunions. And he says what what he takes great satisfaction in is most of the squad are there. You know that that he does he doesn't leave divided dressing rooms. That that he has players and. and groups who come back and want to talk about his time playing for him. Just uh, we'll pass our best wishes on to Sol as well, who's recovering from cancer, but he returned to training earlier this week for Cardiff, so that's great news and we hope he makes a, a full recovery. Sheffield Wednesday this weekend then, you know, they're in dire, dire trouble. Um, but as you've already mentioned, guys, Warnock, despite being a Sheffield United fan, despite managing Sheffield United, would like them to stay up because I, I suppose he likes facing them. You know, you don't really want to see a, a team. I mean, because Sheffield Wednesday is a, is, a, is a is a big team. We don't want to see them drop down the leagues. How do Middlesbrough approach this one then, Craig? Um, I mean, they're going to this. Do they go into this favourites? Because I suppose Sheffield Wednesday are, are fighting for their lives. Yeah, I mean, I think they just approach it, uh, you know, as 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 they have been, and then the, the they go as strong as they possibly can. I mean, you, they might not have um, Grant Hall available; he could be a doubt after picking up the injury against Rotherham. But of course, uh, that could hand an opportunity again to somebody like uh, um, a Conor Malley, uh, who did so well. Somebody, a youngster like that, could come in. But I think. You know, ultimately, as they proved against Rotherham, because there is so much at stake for the teams at the other end of the table, I think Borough just have to go in and and and, and be as honest as they can, and and you know, and Warnock spoke about their own pride and and wanting to finish, if possible, in the top ten. Um, yeah, so I think they've just got to go and, and give it a, as honest a, a, a kind of a go as they possibly can and, and not kind of give advantages to any sides. I think, you know, as he said himself, they proved that by, by beating Rotherham as much as he, he wants Rotherham to stay up. Um, you know, they beat Rotherham and, uh, and, and that proves that Borough will go for it uh, without doubt. <laughs> you know, since you're, you're on mute, since we, since we started doing the hand signals, it's all gone terribly wrong. <laughs> since we admitted how well it was going, I did put in the chat there, you go next, Dom, just to make sure. Oh, that sorry, was I knew what I was doing, honestly. You were looking up quotes, weren't you? I was reading Sidwardell quotes, honestly. I'd flicked, off, I'd flicked off the screen and I was reading Sidwardell quotes. It was sorry. going so um, well. Come on, then, how yeah. did you approach Sheffield Wednesday? <laughs> I think... Um, um, you know, Borough's approach on Wednesday night show because Warnock's been absolutely clear that he'd love Rotherham to stay up. He loved Rotherham, loved his time there. He'd be, he'd be gutted if they went down. Um, so he wants Rotherham to stay up. Yeah, Borough approached that game and Warnock approached that game with absolute professionalism. And I think I think they will on Saturday. Um, Warnock was it was pointed out to Warnock on on Friday morning that Sheffield Wednesday's um, League, away league form is dreadful. I think they've got the worst record in the division, 14 points from a possible 63. And Warnock's retort was, well, have you seen our home form? Um, so he certainly doesn't believe that the Borough are kind of big favourites. Um, Wednesday have sorted themselves out a little bit, haven't they? Them and, them and Wickham kind of seem to, um, every time you think, no, they're definitely gone, they pull a result out. I fair play to Wickham. I don't mean this to sound at all patronising, but I thought they'd have gone long before now um, and uh, I think they're at Cardiff this weekend uh, and, and they're at the stage now where you know Cardiff are probably out of it you wouldn't you wouldn't put it beyond Wickham going there and getting a result um, but Sheffield Wednesday are obviously desperate but I, I think Borough will get a result whether you know whether it's a draw or a win um, I think I think Borough will build on that on that Rotherham result um, and I mean when Wayne Rooney must be Borough's biggest fan because he was desperate for Borough to get a result against Rotherham on Wednesday. 
and he'll need another one today because tomorrow because look at Derby's form. I might be made to look daft this weekend, but you can't see where their next result's coming from. They're relying on teams below not getting wins. And when Borough lost at Derby, Borough were dreadful that day, but Derby, Derby played well and Colin Kazim Richards battered the defence. Um, and I thought they were sound men. I thought Derby would do what Nottingham Forest have done, really, and just kind of kick on and 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 safely stay up. But they're looking massive trouble now. Uh, Rotherham have still got the game in hand. So I think Borough are going to have a big say in Derby County's future. Before I ask you score predictions, we've had a lot of love for our chats about post or pre-match food snacks. So I'm going to come back to you, Dom. Where'd you go before the game for a little bit of a pre-match snack at the Riverside? Well, I'll be honest. I'm Craig's there tomorrow, so Craig's the Craig's the man. Um, at home, I just tend at home games. I just tend to have my. Uh, I, I don't tend to do a service stop on the way from Gisborne at the Riverside. You know, I like a, I like a coffee as much as the next man, but I can't make an excuse for stopping at Starbucks on Cargo Fleet Lane on a ten-minute drive from Gisborne to the Riverside. I went past that Leeds services again though, on the way to Rotherham. Um, <laughs> and again, the Nando's thing caught my eye. I gave it a miss again. I stopped it. Is it Woolly Edge? Yeah, Woolly Edge, I think. The next one down, yeah. Because I'm a big fan of a Greg's in a service station. And for all that this Leeds new, new Leeds services does have, it, it doesn't have a Greg's. So I've, I've stayed on for a 15 miles or so and got myself a little sausage roll and large latte. Craig, what is it tomorrow for you? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'll probably because uh, actually um, I'm, I'm treating the missus tonight. I must admit, I, uh, we're we're off to uh, one of the local pubs um, for the first time, uh, kind of post reopening. Uh, a few drinks and uh, and a bit of food uh, when we finish work tonight. So, uh, missus is a, is a lucky lady. Let's just say that. I best put the spell check on your word um, on your match report tomorrow then if you're out on, yes. the, uh, on the source yeah, tonight. Two, yeah. two pint Johns, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, so I think uh, tomorrow before setting off to the Riverside, we'll have to have, you know, it'll have to be a, a bacon sandwich or a, um, or, a, or a sausage sandwich, something like that, you know, something to, to you know, just uh, soak it up a bit. Mop up the alcohol. Well, gents, come on then, score prediction. How is it going to end? Um, I'll go. I'll go two 0 Borough. I think I'll go two one Borough. I was just looking to see if Jordan Rhodes was fit, because um, if he is, I, I, you know, I loved Rhodes at Borough. I'd like to see, I'd quite like to see Rhodes get on the score sheet as long as as long as Borough win. Um, he's out of contract, I think, in the summer. Um, another another striker who's out of contract. I might be wrong there. I'm sure he is. Uh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go two one Borough win. 